Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. We have an amazing book. It's God's words, and I believe every word of it. I believe every single word of it. I believe every period and every comma of it. I mean, I believe every word of this book. You say, you're kind of crazy. I guess I am kind of crazy. But I do. I believe every word of it. And I want to preach this morning why Christians don't understand the Bible. Look at Matthew chapter 22. Look at verse 23. The same day came to him the Sadducees. Talking about came to Jesus Christ, the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection and asked him. See, the Sadducees, they didn't believe in any kind of resurrection. They're going to ask Jesus Christ what they think is a hard question that Jesus Christ is not going to be able to answer. So they're skeptics and they're fools. Look at verse 24, saying, Master, Moses said, If a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren. And the first one, he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, have no children, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And at last of all, the woman died also. Therefore in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. So the question is, okay, now she, when, when, if there is a resurrection, which they don't believe there's a resurrection, if there's so-called a resurrection, so when she comes up and all her seven husbands comes up, whose wife is she going to be? Well, I'm going to give you all a quick revelation before we go any further. Ladies, you're not going to have to be married to your husband for eternity. Praise the Lord, amen. I'll say it for you if you don't want to say it. But you're not going to be stuck with the same guy for eternity. And he's not going to be stuck with you. I'll say amen for the men out there. <laughs> the point is, is we're all, it's going to be like the angels of heaven. Jesus Christ is about to explain that to us. We're all part of the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. All right. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife should she be of the seven? For they all had her. Skeptical. Foolish. Verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. They don't know the scriptures and they have, they're in error because they don't know the scriptures. He chastises them for not knowing the Bible. Look at verse 30. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are giving in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. So there's no angels in heaven that are married. They're not married. And when you die and you go to heaven, you're not going to have to be stuck with the same husband or wife for eternity. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Okay? You know, it's not an eternity commitment. It's just until you die, guys. So y'all calm down. So when you get to heaven, it's not like you're going to be, oh, no, there's my wife. I, I wish I, I'd rather have gone to hell than to be stuck with her for eternity. I know there's some people like that. Don't worry about that. She'll be up there. You'll be up there. Everything will be okay. Amen. Amen. I know I'm making light of it, but this is serious stuff. And Jesus says, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but as the angels of God in heaven. Verse 31, but as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read, he's chastising them again, for not reading the Bible. Have you not read that, what, that which was spoken unto you by God saying? So when you're reading what this is written in this book, you're reading what God said. Okay, get a hold of that. You're reading what God said. What did God say? Verse 32, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Amen. When the multitude heard this, they heard this what? They were astonished at his doctrine. You know what Jesus Christ just said? He said, when God said, I am 
the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God didn't say he was the God of Abraham. See, when God was speaking to Moses, those three men, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, had been dead for years, physically. But God didn't look at them as being dead. God says, I am. Guys, I am the God of Abraham. I am right now the God of Abraham. That one little word am in there. See that? Jesus Christ says, you're not reading it. You're, not, you're in error because you don't know the scriptures and you're missing that one little word am. You never meditated on it. You never thought about it when God spoke to Moses. He said, I am the God of Abraham. <laughs> See, to God, Abraham was alive because Abraham was with God. Isaac is with God. Jacob is with God. Right then when God is talking to Moses, physically Abraham's body had been laying in a grave for years and years and years. But to God, he was living with God. His soul and spirit was with God. And this morning I want to preach on why Christians don't understand the Bible. It's so important to know the Word of God, to read the Bible, to understand the Bible. And I'm going to give you three reasons why Christians just plain just don't understand the Bible when they should be understanding the Bible. We should all have a love for the Word of God. Look at Luke chapter 24. And this is the two disciples. And these two disciples are on the road to Emmaus. And as they're on the road to Emmaus, Jesus Christ, he drew, verse 15, it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So this man starts walking with them on their way to Emmaus. And these two disciples are walking with this man. And they have no idea it's Jesus Christ. And as they're walking along, Jesus Christ asks them, what are y'all talking about? And he says, are you, in verse 18, and one of them whose name was Cleopas answered, said unto them, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? You don't have a clue? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which, would, which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. So they're saying this guy, Jesus, he was a great man. He was mighty indeed. He was crucified and he's dead. Look at verse 22. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early in the sepulcher. And when they had found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. So they're doubting if Jesus Christ is alive. They're doubting if there was a resurrection. And they're talking about this. And Jesus Christ, he's holding their eyes so they can't see him. He just walks up with them and says, hey, you guys, what are y'all talking about? And they're like, well, are you crazy? You've not been around Jerusalem. This is, we're talking about Jesus and that. And they start explaining all this stuff going on. And look what Jesus says to them. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? And to enter into his glory, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The first reason so many Christians have trouble understanding the Bible is simply this. Some just don't believe it. They just don't believe it. They read it, but they don't believe it. Look at verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Guys, you might not understand everything about the Bible, but you need to believe everything about the Bible. You need to believe it. You need to believe it. And I'm here to tell you, you're not going to understand everything about the Bible. I've been studying this book for over 20-something years, and you're not going to understand it all. I know men who've studied it for 60 years, and they don't understand it all. You're not going to understand it all because it's written by God, and it's a living book, and it's alive. And you're not going to be able to understand it all. But I'm here to tell you, you better believe it all. (laughs) You better believe it all. And if you don't believe it all, Jesus Christ says... You're a fool. 
I didn't say that. Brother Keegan didn't say that. Read that. Oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Guys, it's, uh, he's not getting on to them for not understanding it. He didn't say you're a fool for not understanding it. What did he say? You're a fool for not believing it. You know, I got this, uh, I got this, this email from a lady. I don't have Facebook, so don't ever try to find me on Facebook. But there's a Christian lady I know who's on Facebook. And there's an atheist that I know that she knows. We both know this atheist. And I've talked to him, dealt with him, and, and, and everything. And she's talked and dealt with him. Well, he sends her this thing on Facebook so everybody can see it, attacking her as a Christian. And this is what, it was a picture. And it was a picture on, it basically was a picture, but it was, it, was a, it was some sayings. It said, who were the people of biblical times? The vast majority of people, about 99%, were illiterate. Education was limited to the ruling class. Then it says almost the entire population of earth was polytheist and believed in mythical gods, superstition, and magic. There was no scientific explanations for natural events. They were explained as actions of the gods. No knowledge of medicine or physical science. Life expectancy was 45 years. Child mortality rate was 25%. Misogyny, that's, a, that's, a, that's extreme hate or a hatred of women. And severe patriarchy was the norm. And slavery was practiced almost universally. So there's six different points of he's explaining about what the people were like that wrote the Bible. And he said, these are the people that wrote your Bible. Ooh, Mufasa. That's supposed to really, scare, that's supposed to make a Christian shake in their boots. Like, oh, this is, see, and he's writing this to try to scare her out of believing the Bible. Like, see, these are the people that wrote your Bible. This guy is a fool. I'm going to prove it to you. Point number one. And it says here that the source was Professor Robert Garland. Robert Garland is a fool. I'm only telling you what Jesus Christ said. Did not Jesus Christ say that? If you don't like it, get, take it up with Jesus Christ. You know what the Bible says about atheists? He says, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. The Bible calls you a fool. Jesus Christ calls you a fool. So I guess I'm going to get right in line and call you a fool too. The first point, the vast majority of people, about 99%, were illiterate. Education was limited to the ruling class. Let me see. The first five books of the Bible was written by a man named Moses. He was raised by the Egyptians in Pharaoh's house. Moses had the education, the best education a person can get at the time. The very best education. You know how good this education was? They got some pyramids over there. This is the year 2015. They got some pyramids over there in Egypt that the scientists still can't figure out how they made it. It's such a mystery that they think aliens came down. <laughs> Seriously. But these are idiots. Moses was educated by these guys. That Your modern science still can't figure out how they made some of those pyramids that they made. They can't. But this vast majority of people at 90 were illiterate. Not Moses. Almost the entire population of, or this is the second point, almost the entire population of earth were polytheists and believed in mythical gods, superstition, magic. Polytheist means you believe in multiple gods. There's a god for the sun and the god for the moon and the god for the harvest and the god for the rain and the god for fertility. Let me tell you something about Moses. Moses believed in one god. He said there's one true god and his name is Jehovah and I've stood with him face to face. Like a friend talks to a friend, God's talked to me face to face. When Moses came down off the mountain talking to this God, his face was glowing so bright they had to put a veil over his face. He was scaring the people. He was glowing. Forty days with God, he came down and his face was glowing and people said, put a veil on. We can't even stand to look at you. You've been with the one true God, Jehovah. Yeah, there was a lot of people who believed like that, but not the writers of the Bible. Read your Bible, fool. There was no scientific explanations for natural events. 
They were explained as actions of God. I'm going to tell you something. Is, it, is the earth warming or is the earth cooling? You got scientists fighting over this. Is it global warming or is it not global warming? Just because they can explain an earthquake don't mean they can tell you when it's going to happen. They just say, well, this is what happened. The earth did this and the earth did that. Yeah, but I don't want to know what happened. I want to know when it's going to happen. To the day, to the hour. If you're so smart and you got all this figured out, you want to see the wonders of science, modern science? Look at your local forecast. They got so much stuff figured out. Number four, no knowledge of medicine or physical science. Life expectancy was 45 years. Child mortality, mortality rate was 25%. It says no knowledge of medicine or physical science. Buddy, this Bible runs so far ahead of science. Y'all are just figuring out what this Bible is talking about with germs. This Bible's way ahead of that. Way ahead of this. Science, modern day science. Let me tell you something about modern day science. You listen to modern day science, they laughed. Oh, the way they thought a hundred years ago. Well, listen here, buddy. A hundred years ago, that was modern day science. And I'm here to tell you, modern day science today, a hundred years from, we're going to be laughing at you. You're trying to catch up with this book right here. Listen, I got a pamphlet. If you don't believe what I'm saying, and you think I'm a fool, and I might be a fool, but not when it comes to this book right here. If you don't believe what I'm saying, and you're listening to this on a broadcast or listening to this through the internet, you write me. You get on there at IndianGapBaptist.com. IndianGapBaptist.com. And I'll send you a pamphlet that shows you how amazing this book is. And it's prove to you all the stuff I'm telling you right here. Prove to you. And then you can believe it or not. But don't go around spouting your mouth off about stuff you don't know nothing about. The problem is you don't want to believe it. That's what the problem is. It all goes back to belief. You don't want to believe it, so you'll believe anything some idiot writes on the internet. Misogyny and severe patriarchy was the norm. Misogyny was a hatred of women. Everywhere this Bible has been glorified and lifted up, the women have been treated like queens. Everywhere this Bible is not lifted up, Iran, Iraq, you go wherever it is, where there's no Bible, how are the women treated? They can't even vote. They can't get driver's license. I'm living in a country that's lifted up the word of God. And I've had a woman running for president in this country. Don't tell me this Bible's holding back the women. This Bible's helping the ladies get where they're at today. Show me facts. Don't just spout your mouth off about something you don't know what you're talking about. Trying to destroy another Christian's faith in the word of God. This word of God is powerful and sharp and two-edged sword. It's going to cut you in half. You keep messing with it. Slavery was practiced almost universally. This whole Bible right here, the first of it was the Egyptians putting them into slavery. It was Israel coming out of slavery. That's the story of the Exodus. And let me tell you something about slavery. So many people are such fools. They're in slavery today and they don't realize it. Amen. Let me tell you something Jesus Christ said. You're a slave to sin. You're in bondage to sin. And you need to be set free by the man, Jesus Christ. And you might not realize it. You might think, I don't need Jesus. You're a slave to sin. And Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, out of this book said, you're a slave to sin. You might not even realize it. Talking about slavery. Trying to put all this on the people who wrote the Bible. The fool doesn't know one thing or another. Hasn't thought about it. But he sure is quick to put this up on the internet to try to destroy some Christian's faith. But listen, when you know your Bible, when you understand your Bible, this stuff is laughable. You know what my Savior said about men like this? Let them alone. They'd be blind leaders of the blind, and the blind shall lead the blind, the both shall fall in a ditch. They both shall fall in a ditch. That's what Jesus said. The blind leading the blind.
Jesus Christ said, they're blind leaders of the blind. This stuff should stir you up. I don't know why Christians sit around and, and sit here and, oh, I wish he wouldn't have put that up there. When you mess with this Bible, you're messing with me. I know Jesus Christ. What I know about Jesus Christ comes out of this book. What I know about my eternal security in Jesus Christ comes out of this book. What I believe about my eternal soul, what I believe about where my mother's at, what I believe about where all my loved ones are at that are dead, comes out of this book. And when you mess with this book, brother, oh, you're messing with me when you mess with this book. This book means the world to me. Men and women died, bled to get this book in my hands. And don't you just start posting stuff off, stuff off on Facebook because you're hiding behind a computer and you can hide behind a computer where nobody can get at you. You're real brave when you get behind that computer screen when you're in your bedroom sitting in your underwear where nobody can get a hold of you. It's real easy to send this stuff. through. Aren't they so brave when they get behind a computer screen? We've got a country full of a bunch of yellow cow bulls, chicken liver. It's so amazing how chicken liver these countries get to be. They get behind these computer screens and type away like they know something. And Professor so-and-so said it. I don't care who said it. I, mean, I really don't care, Professor. Your Professor so-and-so's a fool. Boy, I tell you what, it's hard for me not to get stirred up on this stuff. It makes me mad. It makes me mad as a hornet. That they mess with my Bible. Leave my book alone. If you don't believe it, fine. Leave me alone. Leave my Christian sisters and brothers alone. If you don't believe like I do, that's fine. We live in a free country. But leave us alone. (laughs) Go do what you want to do. Go live your hellish life. You got a free life. Go live it. But leave my book alone. And you know what? If you step into my world and you mess with my book, oh, you're messing with me. And get ready. Because you're going to hear it from me. I'm not going to physically hurt nobody, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to get stirred up. Yeah, I'm going to get real stirred up. They're slow of heart to believe that all the prophets have spoken. That's why Christians don't understand this book. You might be slow to pay your bills. You might be slow to mow your grass. Hey, you might be slow to wash your dishes. You might be slow to wash your clothes. But let me tell you something, don't you be slow to believe this book. You believe this book. Don't you be slow to believe this book. Jesus Christ says, oh, you fools, and slow of heart. Don't you be slow of heart to believe this book. You believe this book no matter what. And no matter what some fool tells you, you don't worry about what some kind of fool tells you. You believe what Jesus Christ spoke at. You let, let Jesus Christ deal with these fools. Let Jesus call them a fool because they are fools. First Peter, let's look at First Peter. If I can even get to my second point. And you see how people mess with this book and it gets you angry. Get you stirred up. I'm not rolling over anymore. I'm done rolling over. <laughs> I'm done. You know what? If, if it's going to take some idiot, uh, hit kid from Indian Gap Baptist Church standing up for the Word of God, that's fine. And these other guys want to sit there and roll over and show their belly, that's fine. They don't want to care, that's fine. They want to say, oh, just leave them alone, that's fine. I'm tired of it. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to raise this sword up. I'm going to be sword in hand. And I'm going to sing the high praises of God. And I'm going to fight back. I'm going to fight back. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of turning on the TV and seeing what they're showing on TV. I'm sick of their attitude. I'm sick of Christians' attitude. I'm sick of the whole bunch. I'm real blessed to be in such a great church, but I'm sick and tired of people picking on this book. And they don't, don't understand it. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. The reason why they don't understand it is they don't want to believe it. The second reason is they just don't have a desire to learn it. They lack a desire to learn it. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. 
The reason why Christians don't understand this Bible is because they don't have a desire to learn it. See, it says, as newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word. You're supposed to have a desire for it. As a newborn baby, you ever been around a newborn baby? <laughs> when it's desiring milk, you don't say, well, I think I just want a little bit of milk. If mama could just give me a bite. And he's just screaming and hollering. It cries out for that milk. When's the last time your soul cried out for the word of God? We're living in a dry, dry land. And we need to be fed. We need to be watered with the word of God. We need that milk, guys. We, we're dry. And if you don't read this Bible, you're going to dry up and wither away. And it's gonna, the wind's going to carry you off. Just, you need the milk. You need to grow. You need to have a desire. And you, they, they need to have the same desire they have for the Bible as they have for politics. Sit on a porch talking to some guy that's talking about, the, about politics and the government's doing this and the government's going to come after me and the government's going to do this and the government's going to do that. And he's taught me all this politics. And I said, man, just let the government be the government. Just do something for God. Have a desire for God. Forget what the politics are doing. You know, have the same desire for the Word of God that you have for politics. Have the same desire for the Word of God that you have for sports. Have the same desire for the Word of God as you have for celebrities. For music. Have the same desire of the Word of God that you have for everything else. Put your heart on the Word of God. Our desires have gotten off the Word of God. We don't want to learn it anymore. I run into Christian men. Christian. Christian men. They can tell me the batting averages for these athletes, like in the Texas Rangers, how many home runs they've hit. But they can't give me three verses out of the Word of God for eternal security. Not three verses. They can't give me three verses out of the Word of God for eternal security. That's a shame. That's a shame. I know men that can tell me every starter for the Dallas Cowboys. Every starter. They can't tell me six disciples. Can't name them. So how do you know, Brother King? Because I've been in the truck with them and asked them. I'll give them a test. I'll say, tell me the 12 disciples. Uh, buh, uh, buh, 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 uh, Luke? That's <laughs> them no, truthfully. Grown 40-year-old men. But if I asked them to name me 12 starters for the Dallas Cowboys, I bet they can name me 20. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. They don't have the desire, the same desire they have for the Word of God as they have for sports. I know a Christian lady that was really a big collector of Elvis. She collected Elvis memorabilia. And she had all these Elvis records. She had all this Elvis memorabilia, uh, magazines, just everything you collect of Elvis. And she collected all this stuff of Elvis. And she said that one day the Lord spoke to her heart. One day she woke up. And the one day the Lord spoke to her heart and said, You know more about Elvis than you know about me. And that convicted her so much. She started getting rid of that stuff. Started trying to get closer into the Word of God. That's a lot of us. Amen. That's a lot of us. God could come down and say, you know a whole lot more about engines than you know about me. You know, a whole lot, you know a whole lot more about the Dallas Cowboys than you know about me. You know a whole lot more about cooking than you know about me. It ought not to be that way. We should have a desire, a strong desire for the Word of God. Let's turn to, let's turn to one last one. Let's turn to Timothy. Turn to Timothy, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy 2, 15. We need to have a desire to learn the Word of God. We need to have a desire to believe the Word of God. And lastly, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Why Christians don't understand the Bible is that they don't believe it. They don't have the desire to learn it. And thirdly, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 
They don't want to study it. Verse 15, study, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Guys, you don't want to be ashamed before God. See that? Study to show thyself approved unto God. You want to be approved unto God? Study. Study the words of God. Look at the, look at the after the comma. A workman. See, it's work. The reason why people don't want to study the word of God, it's work. And people are lazy. Christians are lazy. They don't want to believe it. They don't have a desire to learn it. And they're just too stinking lazy to read it, to study it. It's not enough just to read it. You need to study it. A workman, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. You don't want to be ashamed before God. Amen. I don't want to be rightly dividing the word of truth. You've got to divide this book up. We talked about this in Sunday school. If you don't get this book divided up, you're going to get it all messed up. Old Testament, New Testament. That's one division right there. You meditate on it and you read the Bible, you realize God doesn't expect me not to eat off of a tree like he did Adam and Eve, amen? God doesn't expect me to go to find Noah's ark and get in the ark. God doesn't expect me to go to a temple and sacrifice, sacrifices in a temple. That temple no longer exists. God's got different plans for different people. You've got to divide the Bible up and see who's the God talking to and who God's not talking to. Is he talking to me? Is he talking to the Jews? The cults that you know of today... The cults that you know of today, the reason they're cults is they're taking verses that are written for the Jew and trying to apply them to the Christian. That's 99% of the problem. They're taking verses that are not written to us as Christians and trying to apply them to Christians, and they get it all messed up. Get it all messed up. They won't rightly divide the word of truth. The Old Testament is how God deals with nations. The New Testament is how God deals with individuals. Get this stuff rightly divided. Get it divided up. You've got to understand that the book of Matthew is a transitional book, going from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You need to understand that the book of Acts is a transitional book, going from the Old Testament way of salvation until the Holy Spirit's come down in the, in the first of Acts. In the middle of Acts, you've got them figuring out that it's, you're saved by grace plus nothing. Hebrews and James, those are transitional books to the tribulation period, the book of Revelation. All this stuff is a division. You've got to rightly divide it. But guys, it's just going to come naturally. You've got to study it. You got to rightly divide it. And that means you can't be lazy. You got to believe it. You got to have the desire to learn it. And then you got to apply it and study it. I'm a living testimony of this. That's one reason I get so stirred up earlier about the Word of God. When I first started studying the Word of God when I was about 20, 21 years old, I was afraid at first. When I realized this King James Bible is the Word of God, I was afraid at first because I was afraid, honestly, that I was going to find errors in it. And I thought, the more I study it, I'm going to find problems with this. But you know what happened? I'm here to tell you, and this is a testimony of mine from studying the Bible, 20-something years. You have your own testimony. This is my 20-year testimony. This book's more amazing than I ever could have dreamed. This book, not only did I not find errors in it, I found this book to be more amazing than I ever could have dreamed. I remember when I was uh, teaching the book of Revelation. And I remember teaching the book of Revelation in the early 90s. And in the book of Revelation, I, I, when I was teaching the book of Revelation, I was such a young man, a young Christian. And I, what I did is I went, every time there was a book about Revelation, I'd buy that book off the bookshelf. Because I knew I was took, teaching the book of Revelation, and I didn't know anything, but I had a desire to learn it. I believed it, I had a desire to learn it, learn it and I was studying it. See these three principles? And so I... I just take every book I could find on the book of Revelation. And I remember studying it, and there was these parts in the book of Revelation where it said these people were getting their heads cut off. 
In my mind, I couldn't imagine what these people getting their heads cut off. This is the early 90s, and I'm thinking it's like a guillotine. Like the Antichrist is putting them in a guillotine like in the 15, 1400s, and the guillotine's coming down and cutting their heads off, and it's falling into a basket. I had my mind like that in the early 90s because I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And these books I was reading off the bookshelf, they didn't help me out at all. But man, oh man, oh man, I'm living in the year 2015. What do you see on TV? The Muslims are cutting people's heads off. Guys, I know I say it all the time, but this Bible is running way ahead of anything that's going on in the world. When I was studying it and it said out of one of those, one of them horsemen came out, when one of them horsemen came out of the seals, it said that God told them, don't hurt the oil. O-I-L. I looked in my books at that time, and in my books they said, this oil, it must mean medicine. It must mean that God at that time doesn't want them to mess with the medicine. So God said, don't mess with the oil. Back in the early 90s, that's kind of said, well, I guess that's what that means. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I'm living in the year 2015. I know exactly what O-I-L means. It means O-I-L. God said, don't mess with the oil. And we know now, living in year 2015, everything is based on the oil. The stock market is going up and down based on what the oil is doing. Friends, my testimony is this book is amazing. I've witnessed it. And I'm just giving you just a little taste of what I've witnessed out of it. I'm here to tell you, if you'll believe it, you'll have a desire to learn it, and you'll study it, you'll be amazed. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall at Indian Gap Baptist Church. I got a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? Do you realize the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life? And Jesus Christ encouraged us in John chapter 3, verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Are you saved? Jesus says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Have you believed in the name of Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 10 verse 13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you think of a time you called on Jesus Christ to save you? Well, if you haven't, friend, I encourage you to get down on your knees and pray as admit you're a sinner and ask Jesus Christ to save you the best way you know how. And I'm here to tell you that he will save you. Now, if you prayed that prayer or if you'd like to get a hold of us, contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com, IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.